This is Amstigator, a podcast that amplifies the voices of instigators, making change and taking names. Most episodes are my interviews with incredible guests, but you've now clicked on what I'm lovingly calling a spin-off mini-series of solo episodes with me, your host, Lauren Lowry. Each one of these features two words that will change your life. So let's get started. Okay, this episode title should say it all to you. Shut up. (laughs) I mean, it's obvious I'm about to tell you not to talk so much. We're going to get into the research, though, around that, uh, why people talk too much, the role anxiety and control play in that, and then also how it's kind of a survival mechanism. But that's not all. I'm also going to apply the research in a way that makes a deeper point about how we let our minds yap and yap and yap so much. We let our ego talk too much, too. We fill our thoughts with this record player of messages to ourselves in this endless monologue of to-dos and self-doubt. And maybe if we're lucky, there's some positivity mixed in. But this will be an episode about why we need to reach complete silence, not only in the physical sense when we close our mouths, but when we actually shut up our minds. The opposite of talking is silence. But if you're in a conversation, hopefully the opposite of you talking is you listening. I believe we're in an eternal conversation with our intuition, with our higher selves, our creator, our higher guidance. But it's only a conversation if you listen, if you take turns. Otherwise, it's a monologue, okay? And you're missing the best parts of your spiritual experience because you just can't figure out how to shut up. So that is what we're doing today. I knew growing up I talked too much. My stories went too long. My dad always let me know because he would do this deep sigh and say, 25 words or less. Truly, he's a man of few words, and he did teach me how to get to the point, even though I struggle even still to this day sometimes. And then when I was in school, the first time I got in trouble for talking too much was in seventh grade. My teacher told my parents, she's just a little bit social, and that is still a family joke, because it's true. (laughs) But the first time in my professional life I was essentially told to shut up was in 2012. I was 27 and working in Indianapolis at the Morning Anchor at the time. Now, my boss told me, hey, you don't have to talk in every weather toss. And I was like, really? In part, you know, it was a longer conversation about how I inserted myself in too many things on air. It was actually the opposite of what I'd been told to do by the boss before him. And his delivery system was so demeaning uh, that I stopped talking completely in newscasts because I was so hurt and mortified. And it took two years to get over that. Truly, two years. The lesson I've had to learn in these stories is to allow for silence or listening depending on the situation. But this need to talk is actually studied in psychology. I'm not the only one who's dealt with this, okay? In the early 90s, researchers coined it talkaholism, (laughs) and they named all the reasons why people talk too much. Uh, ADHD, narcissism, loneliness, insecurities, personality disorders. My personal favorite, though, just good old-fashioned social anxiety. The social anxiety is, I mean, it's apparent when someone has it. When people talk to feel silence, they get even more anxious, and then they become self-conscious, and then they talk more, and then it's this whole cycle that just doesn't end. Research shows up to 40% of a person's speech is about themselves. It activates the reward center in your brain, so it releases dopamine, and you literally feel good about controlling the conversation, especially when it's about you. 
There's even a talkaholic scale. It helps you measure your compulsive communication. And I've put a link to it in the show notes. If you're like, hey, where, where do I like go on this? Like, how do I score? It's a series of 16 statements you answer on a one to five scale. And then at the end, you're either considered normal, a borderline talkaholic, or full-blown compulsive communicator. So we all know how hard it is to be in a conversation with someone who just won't stop talking. You give every social cue, you sigh, you turn your body away, you pull out your phone, you try to interrupt, but they still don't get it. Oh, it's frustrating, right? But let me turn the tables here for just a minute. What if the excessive talker, the talkaholic, is you? And what if the person on the other side of that conversation is your intuition? your higher self, your inner guidance. God, what if that entity is giving you every possible social cue right now to stop talking and you're not listening because you can't shut up? You're over here asking big questions like, is this guy for me? Do I leave this job? Should I buy that car? What's my purpose? Do I start my business or wait? Is my mom okay? Should I go to the doctor? Ah! You never pause long enough to hear the answer. If it was a person-to-person conversation, it would be like asking someone, how was your weekend? And then before they can even respond, you jump in and say something for them. Like, here's what I did this weekend. I mean, come on. You wouldn't do that in polite conversation. And yet, we do it all the time when we need guidance. We may have the guts to just ask, like I talked about in episode 59. But if you won't shut up and you won't listen to the answer, you won't get anywhere. In social situations, we may have the self-control to stop running our mouths, but when it's just us, we let our thoughts run rampant. They are a record player over and over, and it doesn't stop. We have to actively intervene and turn it off. In 2020, research published in the journal Nature Communications showed humans think, on average, 6,200 thoughts a day. Now, some of you may notice that's a lower estimate than what was put out, you know, several years ago, at the beginning of the century, actually. Uh, It may be as many as 70,000 thoughts a day, researchers thought. But that's now considered a myth, and it's more likely this 6,000 number. It's considered the most up-to-date. But think about it if we spoke all of those thousands of thoughts out loud every single day. We would literally never stop talking. So essentially, our minds never stop talking. See what I mean? Your mind registers on the talkaholic scale and you never opened your mouth. (laughs) If you want guidance, but you fail to listen for it, how can you expect to hear anything? So we have to shut up. We have to quiet our mouths and quiet our minds. Lucky for you, I got a handful of things here that you can do that will 100% work. Number one, meditation. And please don't roll your eyes at me right now. I I can feel it (laughs) through the podcast. Don't roll out a yoga mat. Don't think you need a beautiful room to meditate and be quiet where like angels are singing. No, you can meditate while you exercise. You can do it while you clean the kitchen. I listen to meditations when I put on makeup. Um, My favorite time to do it is in the bath. I talked about that recently in my episode 56. The benefits of meditation absolutely cannot be overstated. There are literally hundreds of research papers around how meditation decreases stress, improves your body's ability to recharge, controls anxiety, improves self-awareness, gives you a greater attention span, reduces memory loss, improves sleep, decreases blood pressure. I mean, it's like, golly, the list goes on and on. And meditation helps you quiet your mind. 
It allows for a higher consciousness. It helps you totally detach from negative energy. I mean, who doesn't need that? And I never fully learned how to meditate until my three hospitalizations last year. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode 31. It's called At What Cost. I talk about how I reached complete and total silence in my mind. It had never happened to me before then, and it came after days of nonstop meditation in my third extended hospitalization. I am telling you, it changed me. I walked out of that hospital the last time like Moses coming down off the mountain, for real. I had found silence. It changed my entire life. And then three months ago, I committed to meditate between one to two hours every day, and that's changed even more. I mean, I can't say it enough. Meditation is powerful. So if you need help starting a meditation regimen, DM me. I'm going to help you out. Another thing you can do to help yourself just shut up is be in nature. It is such a gift. I grew up literally never playing outside. So me discovering nature in my 30s has been like this whole new world. I'm on a trail every weekend. I absolutely love popping in a guided meditation while I walk. It's just amazing. The benefits of nature on your mind are also very extensively studied. Nature gives us time for self-reflection and introspection. Even just seeing nature scenes reduces anger, fear, and stress. It increases your positive emotions. And when you're in nature, you have greater sense of well-being, reduced blood pressure, and a lower heart rate, lower stress, reduced mortality. I mean, again, the list goes on and on and on. There's even a group of research around nature deprivation, a lack of time outside, and that's associated with lack of altruism, loss of empathy, even higher instances of depression and isolation and a greater risk of death. So listen, how many studies can I share on this? Get outside. The third great way to quiet the endless chatter in your mind is to be creative. My friend Alyssa Rosenheck, who I interviewed back in episode 39, talks about creativity in just a really beautiful way. Alyssa is an acclaimed photographer, and she says, creativity is just a fancy word for listening. Now think about that and how it applies to what we're talking about right now. Being artistic, being creative, it's really just listening to your inner truth. Alyssa says, a creative mind is a calm mind. It's a daily practice of going inward, listening, connecting to the very truths that make you human. I absolutely love how Alyssa encourages people to really honor their creativity because it's a process that 100% builds peace. I think about how many people get into those adult coloring books, you know? That's being creative. That's artistry. So often people poo-poo their imagination, but it really is the key to being able to create something. You can create a situation, too, where you connect with your higher self. All of this is real, you guys. Even when you feel like you're making something up, just think about it this way. Everything that exists in this world started with imagination. So when you use your imagination to be creative and artistic, you communicate emotions. You express something, and it'll clear your mind and make you open to receive something really beautiful. I guarantee it. Okay, my fourth suggestion for how to quiet your mind is journaling. Every time I do this, and I I really do mean every time I sit down to journal, I'm like, God, this feels so good. It's not the same as typing out your thoughts. I've tried that too, like typing journaling. It's not the same because when you write them by hand, your fingers move so much more slowly and you have to be deliberate with what you're writing. Your mind lingers on the thought longer and the sentences that come out end up being truly what you feel. 
I've been journaling the last several nights after my meditation baths. It's like a doubling up of that really concentrated energy. And I'm using it as a way to get thoughts or epiphanies out of my head and onto the paper. And then I'm able to fall asleep even more quickly with a completely quiet mind. Journaling, just like artistry and creativity, it is another form of expression. So you're getting your thoughts out. It's like being creative in the same way. You're expressing yourself. And you guys, it is so satisfying. If you need help with what to write, just write what's on your mind. Start there. Even if that's, I don't know what to write, just over and over. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. And then in the end, something is going to pop up. Like, I could write this, you know? Journaling really can help you make sense of messages or thoughts or feelings that you don't just suddenly get right away. And lastly, my fifth best suggestion for you for how to clear your mind, physical exercise. I'm not talking about going to the gym and watching a show on your phone or blaring out your eardrums with bangers, okay? I'm talking about doing something sans headphones or going to a yoga sesh to sweat it out and focus. You would be so amazed at what some balancing postures will do for your mind. And you're going to see real quick, I guarantee it, if your mind is wandering because you're shaking all over the place and you can't stay still. There is so much research around how physical exercise affects your mind. It reduces levels of adrenaline and cortisol. It produces endorphins, which are those natural painkillers and mood elevators. And it also helps you feel relaxed and optimistic. Harvard researchers even go on to say like, hey, any type of exercise is gonna help you. And they call them muscular meditations. Anything that's an exercise that uses those large muscle groups in this rhythmic way. So something like walking and running, constant rhythm. Even for just 20 minutes, that muscular meditation really does help. So there you go. There are my top five research-supported ways to clear your mind. We did it. (laughs) Here's what it comes down to, though. When we talk nonstop or when our minds go nonstop, we're using our thoughts and words to stop ourselves from knowing what we're actually feeling. And we can never hear a higher guidance. We can never be in a conversation with our intuition if we let our minds talk non-stop. So take some silence, find some stillness, notice what changes for you. This is a practice. And I bet when you really get into it, you'll be amazed at what you see change. As you go through this week, I encourage you, shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator. 